What's going on, everybody? This is Drew here. I want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of Phoenix Down. This is Phoenix Down Intermission, number 10. Um, we're taking a week off of Resident Evil Remake. Unfortunately, Matt has had a lot of things going on uh, in his personal life, uh, job and stuff like that, and he hasn't had enough time to put into Resident Evil. But we will be back next week to finish up Resident Evil Remake and then move on to Dragon Age Inquisition, which I know everybody is excited for. Uh, but tonight, I am going to be recording an intermission show with the brand new, the newest member of the ZTGD crew, Justin Salaney. Hi. How you doing? Good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go, go on. On the intermission shows, basically what Matt and I do, and sometimes other special guests, we, we just, we sit around and just talk about stuff, you know? Stuff. Uh, yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. We, you know, we're all a bunch of nerds at ZTGD and, and we like talking about all sorts of things. And, um, I figured this would be a great way to, uh, introduce our listeners and uh, people who go to our site uh, to you, because we haven't had a formal introduction, at least in podcast form. And um, so, yeah, tell me a little bit about yourself, Justin. Uh, well, you know, I'm Aquarius. Mm -hmm. uh, I have brown eyes. <laughs> I like long walks on the beach. No, but um, let me see. If I if I wanted to say uh. In get to the point short and sweet but uh in depth um i'm 31 uh i am a huge gamer obviously that's i think that's sort of a requirement to to be working with you guys um i i just love video games in general i have since i was like five years old right i've worked at gamestop uh over the last you know a couple years back in the day when i was younger i worked there recently a couple years ago for holiday uh I've been to E3, I've been to Comic-Cons, uh, I've done freelance writing back in the day, but now I've mostly for the last eight years or so done YouTube videos, and that's kind of sort of how everything is. It's like a combination of videos now, I'm doing a little bit of writing again, and, and yeah, you know, that's that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, well, that's, sort of. that's great. So you've you've been a gamer pretty much all your life, right? Yes, pretty much. What uh, What was your first system? My first system I actually got uh, that my parents actually bought me was a Nintendo. Yeah. So an actual, like, Nintendo. Now, I played Atari and stuff before that, but Nintendo was, like, where I, like, it got me. It was, like, I, I, I mean, I literally, uh, my parents rented Mike Tyson's Punch-Out for me. I was five years old at the time. And uh, they, they put me to bed. And normally they would, you know, they'd shut my door. And I could see the light, you know, from either their room or the living room. I don't even exactly remember, but it'd be a light under the door. So when the light went off, I assumed as a child that they're asleep, you know, oh, lights off, they're asleep. Little did I realize they're probably just, you know, in their bedroom and I can't see the light anymore. So five-year-old me decided, well, you know what? I love this game. I'm going to get up. I'm going to sit and I'm going to play some punch out in the dark. So I'm sitting there. I'm playing it. I get about two rounds in. And my door flies open. <laughs> my father comes in and goes, what in the hell do you think you're doing? And I just kind of freeze. I kind of just just straight up stop, look up at him, go like pure terror in my eyes. And he's like, turn it off. And if I see you playing this again when we go to bed, when it's your bedtime, he's like, you'll never get another game ever. And I was just like off in bed, quiet, 
that was it, you know. And <laughs> that's one of my earliest memories of like trying to like sneak gaming, you know, at a time when I was supposed to be sleeping. So, right. Yeah, I started young. Oh yeah, I did too. NES, <laughs> uh, you know, Mario Brothers, Mario Three was the shit back in the mm-hmm. day. Um. Typical stuff like that. I mean, most people that listen to this know my taste in games and things like that. So, um, I'll, I, I, you know, to me, the the big questions I always ask was probably it, this is a hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. But what would you say your top three games of your life have you played? Of my life. You know, I could always think back and think of, like, personal favorites. But if I really wanted to think about games that just completely blew me away and just somehow hold a nostalgic factor slash mind-blowing feeling, I think I can, I th- think I can narrow this down to three. Okay. I, know, I know one of them would be Mario 64 mm-hmm. because that game came out, and I think it just pretty much, like, revolutionized 3D platforming. It was so mind blown like i jump into a fucking painting like yeah. whoa you know it was just crazy and such so different from mario the original the, the the you know from nintendo and onward and it was just mind blowing um i want to say the next uh, the, this one's kind of a two part two parter in a way but really i would i'd like to say resident evil 1 and 2 mm-hmm. uh because when i played 1 i was kind of blown away and I used to have it actually a really bad fear of zombies. I used to actually be terrified of zombies. I, I couldn't really watch the movies as a kid. Um, and then when that game came out, I was, I thought it looked really good and I, I played it. And I have a funny story with that one. Uh, back then, you know, a lot of games either saved on the cartridge or when PlayStation came out, they had the memory cards or even before the memory cards, some of the, a lot of the games first had passwords. So you could just like get a password and it would, you know, or continue and you, you know keep playing. So I didn't have a memory card and I I rented um, Resident Evil and I got all the way to the snake and the snake ate me in one freaking gulp and I was like, whoa! And so I was like, ah, oh, no, no problem, cool. I'll just continue. Duh, there's no continue. <laughs> it was no. like game over, start over, or load your save. And I was like, mom. <laughs> I need a memory card stat. So, uh, but but that one and, and then and then Resident Evil Two came out. It just blew away one. I thought and and totally like to me two was like one of the first super super duper cinematic games that was just like this feels like a movie. You know, it was one of the first ones I felt like I'm in a zombie movie. Yeah. Um, and at that point, I had just become obsessed with zombies. So I've been obsessed with zombies ever since. Games, movies, you know, all that stuff. So the third one, uh hold on, let me think on this one. <sighs> the third one. I you know, I have a couple I could mention. It's an RPG and a lot of people might think, oh, he's gonna say Final Fantasy Seven. Because mm-hmm. that seems to be a big one for a lot of people. That's that is one of mine. Yeah, yeah, and and I I no doubt understand why because that game, you know that at the time, I mean, yeah, it was. I mean, even now it's fun to play. I mean, and uh, I, I, you know, not to deviate here, but just quick memory on that one. I still remember getting out of Midgar, and like you, you like. That's like hours into the game, and I was like, I thought the whole game was going to take place in Midgar, and then you leave, and there's a whole freaking world map, and I about, I about crap myself. I was like, what, what, what? So, um, but but I have to go back to 
my very first RPG that actually got me into RPGs because I had tried RPGs before on Super Nintendo and I couldn't get into them. But then there was one that was coming out and I said, I have to be able to learn how to play these games because I love this franchise and it's spinning off into this RPG and I got to play it. And that would be Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars. Mm. It's It's not... The it's not the fact that it's the best RPG ever made, but the fact that it was lighthearted, it got me into RPGs. I thought it was both accessible yet challenging as a game. Uh it just that's what got me into the series. If I hadn't gotten into that, I wouldn't have probably played the Final Fantasy Seven, Eight, Nine, Lost Odyssey, all these other RPGs that I'm now into or have enjoyed today. So that would probably be my top three. But Again, that's a really hard question. Yeah. Because there's a lot, a lot of great games that have like somehow shaped my gaming childhood slash gaming preference and life, et cetera. So that's not an easy question, Drew. You really, I mean, I'm surprised I came up with answers that quick, but you, 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 you you just gave it to me. I'm a journalist, man. That's that's yeah, I guess (laughs) the hard pressing questions. I know. What does he know? Tell us. I don't know, man. (laughs) Um, so yeah, so yeah, I mean, other than that, it's like, you know, I played, I think, you know, bringing up old games, I find it interesting to think right now that, like, in this generation, there is gamers, you know, kids, their first systems was like a 360. And I'm like, I can't even fathom, like, thinking, oh, yeah, these graphics suck. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you know, like, they look at something like on PS4 and they're like, oh, it looks good, but it doesn't look that much better. And then I think to myself, whoa, like, I, you know, seeing the progression from where we saw it at and how it's gone up and up and up. I think it's just mind-blowing to me. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I know that probably adds certain perspective for, you know, people that are our age versus, you know, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, etc. So, I don't know. It's it's kind of cool. I, I like that we can kind of have grown up seeing the old stuff and been in the era where things were just constantly changing. I mean, hell, even when, like, Sega CD came out and had, like, the, the full motion live actors in it that was kind of you know it was looking back it's really weird but but at the time you're like whoa there's this dude talking to me and you know in sewer shark crazy it's crazy but now it looks like crap but yeah Corey Haim in a in a video game talking to you oh yeah double uh double switch yeah Yeah. yes crazy but uh I you know I I I, I've said it before on the show I'll say it again I've never owned a Sega console Mm-hmm. I just I was a Nintendo guy, always was. Um, I played obviously I played a Sega before, but um, yeah, it was you know going to a friend's house. That's how we always did our video games back in the day. Was oh yeah, if I had a Nintendo and they had a Sega, they'd come over to my place to play Mario and Zelda and stuff like that. But then I'd go over there to play you know Sonic and and. Comic Zone, that was the big oh, one. Yeah. I mean, they they really mm-hmm. pushed that game, and I was like, oh, it's like a comic book, and you know, we want yeah. to play it. Um, that was that was the big one for me. Um, but it's you know, it's it's one of those things where they say that you feel the most nostalgic for things that you experience between the ages of twelve and fourteen. You know, gotcha. and for me, Metal Gear Solid, Resident Evil, and Final Fantasy VII. Those were those are the top three games for me. Oh, yeah, Metal Gear. Did you say Metal Gear? Metal Gear. 
Yeah, that was a that was a great game too, and that was mind blowing actually. That, See, there's too many. Yeah, there's there's a ton. There's a ton <laughs> that like that the the original PlayStation One era and the N sixty four era for me was was where it it became this more cinematic feel to everything. Yeah. you know, and, and definitely agree. You know, going like me and Matt are talking about Resident Evil and saying how like the old Resident Evil blew us away, you know, and then remake came out and it was even better, you know, and oh yeah, it's, it's things like that 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 really define how I feel uh, with games and stuff like that. You know, when Metal Gear Solid One came out, I, I like I, I've explained this before and I'll, I'll do it for you now. My first introduction to Metal Gear Solid was actually a demo disc that came from a Pizza Hut. <laughs> um, it was on my birthday and, you know, I had friends who didn't have much money and stuff like that, but they, yeah. he brought over a demo disc from pizza. Hut. <laughs> a friend of mine did. And for my birthday, he gave that to me. And I was like, ah, that's kind of cool. So we put it in and there was the, it was a demo disc that had uh, medieval on it. Yep. I remember that. And it had, um, Metal Gear Solid on it. And we played this game called Metal Gear Solid, and it's just the intro, you know, with Snake coming up in, in the water and and then just getting to the elevator. That was the whole thing. But we sat down, all of our jaws dropped. We were like, "What the <laughs> hell? What is this?" Then the thing that blew me away the most was, so it had this overhead view, yeah. and and when you pressed up against the wall, the camera would zoom in, and you could see Snake behind the wall, and you could see a guy walking down the corridor. And that was cool in and of itself, but the thing that blew me away the most was the credits for the game itself were playing while this was going on. I was like, this is like a movie, man. Yep. And immediately after we got done playing that demo, I told my dad, let's go to Walmart. We're going to Walmart, (laughs) and I am getting Metal Gear Solid. I don't even know what it is, but I need it. I need it. I need it. Oh, my God. That was... Those, see, those are like the best memories because like I got, you know, there's a, two other games I can remember and kind of it spins off from Metal Gear. Um, so uh, I was a big Mortal Kombat fan and when it came out, like I was like, it was like the game in the arcade. I was like, oh, this is cool. And so when it came out, you know, originally on Super Nintendo and Genesis, I played it. And then two came to the arcades and it was like way bloodier and just but looked way better, more detailed. And I had I wasn't following video games, you know. Obviously, we didn't have the internet like we do now. At least not to the extent we do. So all your information came from like the gaming magazines, and I didn't know that Mortal Kombat Two was coming to Super Nintendo. And like next thing you know, I was like sitting with my parents in the living room, and a commercial comes on, and it was live actors dressed up, and I about flipped out. And I was like, I need this game. I need it now. And my, you know, I my parents. Would Usually only get me games on my birthday or Christmas. Exactly. Of yeah. which, yeah, of which this wasn't even anywhere near that. I don't think so. I was like, I will be your slave. I will. So I started getting them drinks, making them toast and jelly, all kinds of stuff, right? And they were like, no, no. So I go to school, you know, blah blah blah. I keep giving subtle hints in the morning when my parents drop me off, and then I get picked up by my mother. And we had this. We were we we had a Bronco, and in the Bronco there was a center console. She opened it up, and inside was the game. And I about like I about crap myself. I was like, wow. I was like, really? She's like, yep. And so I grab it, and I'm opening it up, and I'm like, you know, oh, you know, I was in middle school. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, freaking out. And and then she goes, hey, and I go, what? And she goes, look at me. She goes, if you ever act this way again for a game, 
I won't buy you anything. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm having flashbacks of Punch Out. <laughs> like, you know, this time it's my mom. And she's, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll never do that again. And I never did. I never, I never like literally said I'd do anything for this game, blah, blah, blah. So there was, there was that memory. And then to spin off your mental gear story i had played metal gear and i loved it and so my buddy his dad lived uh in a town phoenix arizona about three hours from here and we were gonna go spend the weekend up there you know his he would go get basically his dad would get you know get to pick him up and and visit him for the weekend so he said hey dad can my friend come with me and hang out and everything so he's like yeah sure so i was like i'm i'm gonna bring metal gear and then on the back of the metal gear instructions there was a thing for silent hill and we were like, what is this game about? We had no idea. So yeah. then we went to Blockbuster there, and we found Silent Hill to rent. And so we rented it, and we, we popped it in. It was, like, late. And we were like, this is absolutely terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, just the opening moment, like, it, with the lighter, with the little weird baby things. And I was like, what are we, what are we playing? And as a matter of fact, when we beat it, we beat it, like, the next day because that's, like, while we were playing we kind of looked at each other and i was like what was this game about yeah he was like i don't know <laughs> and you know it was one because it was one of those games that didn't really explain a lot you had to kind of piece it together <laughs> um but it's just that's another one that sticks out and you you know speaking of metal gear uh i was a huge castlevania fan like oh, yeah. I, I have been since since i since nintendo i've been a huge fan so when i was playing metal gear you know, you get to Psycho Manus and he like makes your controller vibrate and, and all that fun stuff. But then he's like, I'm going to read your mind. And I was sitting there and then he's like, you like Castlevania, don't you? And I was like, what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> like, how does he know? And then later I read like, so he's like, oh, if you have a Castlevania Symphony Night save, he says that. And I was like, I had no clue, though, at the time. So I was literally like, OK, I'm I'm tripping. I'm flipping out here because how would he know that? Like it was just, ah, oh, that guy makes some fantastic games. So anyway, I've kind of sped off on on these. You got me thinking of all these memories now, but um, that's great. Yes. That, that makes for great podcasting. So that's true. It's it, I guess because you know everybody can relate. I think in some to some sense, whether it's older games, newer games, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it's just it is what it is. And as you know, speaking of games, right now we're just so flooded with stuff. It's ridiculous. Yeah, that's great stuff. And there's <laughs> and there's people out there that's just whining constantly. I know. That's all they do is complain when you should be sitting down playing, you know, Shadow of Mordor or something. Yeah, I, which I didn't even beat, and I got a beat. I still have it. I still loved it. I just haven't gotten back to it. So yeah, um, yeah my backlog is going to be huge when like February, March comes. I can already tell. Oh, definitely. That's <laughs> it. Mine's been stacking. That's why we even created Phoenix Down, so me and Matt could finish games. And then yeah. we're like, "Hey, I haven't played this game before." And we're like, "Yeah, but I don't own it." And I'm like, "I already ha- own too many games, man." <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's 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 just crazy to me because it happens every Christmas, you know. Yeah. And, you know, in the fall, Christmas time, you know, they release a bunch. But what just sucks this time is it was like. They had way too many. They delayed a bunch to like early next year, and there's still too many. And then it's yeah. like, oh, we're gonna go from here to the next year, and we're still gonna have a ton. There's no stop. Yeah. It's, Maybe when summer comes, but then by then you'd be like, well, how many of these games did I didn't even finish? Let me just go ahead and finish those. No, that's that's the thing. It's like the, like thinking back at it now, like this summer was the big like a huge drought. I was like, I don't even know mm-hmm. what to play. 
You know, I like it, it was one of those things where I was like, uh, I don't want to play anything. You know, I just, yeah. you know, and so I just throw in Street Fighter or something. You know that, yeah, something that you like replaying or something that you know you just pop in for a few. Exactly. So that's 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 the thing for me. Like, I need to actually like buckle down and start finishing these games. I mean, I haven't, I haven't even finished South Park. I need to go back to that before we have our game of the year deliberations. Oh man, South Park. Yeah. Wasn't that last year though? No, that was this year. That was earlier this year. I thought that was like February of last year. No, this year. Oh wait, this year. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Good one, Justin. <laughs> yeah, there's there's tons of games that we can talk about. So that that are definitely going to be in the top ten for me. Oh, you know, I mean, sucks. Shovel Knight is is contender oh, that for was, game of the year, dude. That was great for me. Oh, I agree. It's hot. it's up there for me. That that hit every note and it hit every note perfectly. Yep. It didn't it didn't last too long. It was like a perfect length. It just did the level designs great. It was just yeah, it was really it was made with love and care. Absolutely. I backed that game too. Did you? I did. Nice. So, good to see that it uh was everything I had hoped. But yeah, um man, so I, that's me and Matt talk about other things other than gaming, especially on our intermission shows. Um, do you watch any television? You know, I don't have cable, but I do watch a few things here and there. But I'm kind of, you know, like behind the curve. So the only show I'm literally watching that I'm caught up on at this point is Walking Dead. The Walking literally, Dead. that that's the only show. Like, I've also, you know, we're watching American Horror Story, but we've only seen like two seasons, you know. So it's like we're watching little shows here and there, but I'm so behind on most everything. Yeah. I, you know, I used to be a big television watcher. Um, like obviously whenever I live with my parents and then whenever I mm-hmm. moved, moved out and, uh, live with my roommate. Uh, but now that I purchased my home, um, about three years ago, I had satellite, got rid of it. Um, cause it was a waste. I, I got it from my girlfriend yeah. and then I broke up with her obviously. So, um, but I, I do follow the walking dead. Um, I actually go to my parents' place and watch it with my father. Because my dad, okay. my dad's a huge Walking Dead fan, and I think because for us it has a lot to do with because of it takes place here in Georgia. Yeah, and um, I mean, Dad's even recognized some of the places that that's been in the show. That's cool. Yeah, and my wife is actually from Georgia. So, oh, really? What part? Uh, you know, I can't remember because it was when she was younger. Uh-huh. I'd have to ask her, but her some of her family members or her a lot of her mom's side of the family still lives there. So, really. Interesting. Yes. So actually, that's one of the spots she's thinking of wanting to move to eventually if we ever move out of here. So back to Georgia. Well, there you go. Yeah. So small world, as I always say. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. <laughs> and, and and you know, it's funny also about that. The, the the guy, Don, that I actually do a weekly podcast with, uh-huh. he's from Georgia. Okay. He'd been for Georgia forever. We started that podcast back before I went overseas, and then we stopped it, and then we had resumed it when I came back. And then he got a job now, and he's like, uh, he's in Texas, like in El Paso, and he's literally like now like three hours away from me. But he used to be in Georgia, so it's kind of like, damn, everybody I know is in Georgia. It's <laughs> we're big, close to it. It's a, it's a big melting pot where everybody goes now. Yeah, yeah. But uh, and it's cheap housing, so there you go. That's that's another. Tr- oh man, Arizona's housing, especially where I live, is stupid. It's just like I live in what's considered a retirement town, so. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, let's just make a, you know, a really small house fucking expensive as shit. And it yeah. sucks. So, 
<laughs> yeah, it, it it sucks. And then and then my family, all like my whole my both my dad and my mother's side, we're actually from the East Coast. Uh, they were uh, I was born in D.C. and we lived in uh, Laurel, Maryland. Okay. So yeah, so my my, my family was like East Coasters, but then they moved out shortly after I was born to over here in Arizona, and I've been here ever since. But I've traveled and whatnot, so um, yeah, I wouldn't want to live in D.C. No, no, that much. yeah, I hear, <laughs> I hear that's a pretty rough town. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't want to live there, but I don't even think I need to visit it again. I'm like, yeah, it's, I'm good. <laughs> I've been back once. I'm good. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, Walking the Walking Dead. I um, Matt was the one that actually turned me on to the show. Uh, but um, Supernatural. Have you ever watched Supernatural? I have heard of it. Uh huh. I know what it's about. But I haven't, and I want to, but it's one of those things I'm like, I just haven't jumped in. Right. It's on Netflix. You know. um, mm-hmm. That's where I watch most of it, the majority of it. Um, I, we, we always get into a supernatural discussion. Um, <laughs> this show has possibly some of the most tight continuity I have ever seen in a television show. Really? Absolutely. Like even now, as, as as long as it's been on, as long as it's been going on, things that happen in the first season, you will see come to fruition six seasons in. It's well, cra- that's crazy. It's it's crazy. I mean, they it seems like they have planned out all this. Now, don't get me wrong. The, the Supernatural does have its weak seasons. seasons oh, I'm, I'm, every yeah. show does. Season seven in particular is a pretty weak season, but then it kicks back up in in season eight and season nine. Um, but I I became addicted to that show. Holy crap! I just started like the first seasons, kind of monster of the week stuff. You know, you know, yeah. standard stuff. Um. But once once you hit season two, it's like it just jump starts into this whole huge thing, and it and it really works. I I I am a huge fan of Supernatural now. Well, that's good to know. I mean, because uh, I that is one that's been on my radar. It's just kind of like you know you have so many things to watch, so many things to play, and uh, thank goodness for Netflix. Because I tell you, like if I, I like I said, I don't do TV. I haven't done TV for years, and I just do Netflix basically, and. You know, that's it. That's, you know, I do have Amazon Prime too because I buy a lot of stuff from Amazon. So like, you know, the free shipping is, it pays for itself. Yeah. So then the bonus is that you get Amazon Prime, uh, streaming for, and a lot of the same stuff is actually on Netflix, but there's a couple things here and there that aren't on Netflix that's on there. But yeah, that's good to know though about the show because, uh, you know, with you saying that, it definitely, Makes me not doubt actually starting it when I do, because you know when you when you hear stuff about shows or you don't know much about, but you're like kind of interested, you're like, well, I don't know, do I really need to start this? Is it worth it? But what you're telling me with the continuity and all that sounds really cool. I like it it when shows stay to that, you know, fairly well, even when they've you know expanded for many many seasons. But it's 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 really really good. I highly suggest it to anybody out there. And you know, like the thing that got me was I saw it whenever it first came on. Mm-hmm. You know, it came on in 2005. You know, I was, I was fresh out of high school almost. And um, I, I I saw it and I was like, ah, it's, it's, it's a girly show about two pretty boys, <laughs> you know. It does kind of look like that. It does. You know? it, it most certainly does. But then that is, you know, for, for all intents and purposes, it is a guy's show. You know, I mean, yeah. it, it's it's for the nerdy too. Um, they, yeah. they do it. They do a lot of like really nerdy stuff. 
that's really, really great. Um, but I did, I, you know, I was, you know, I'm big into supernatural. Uh, I, I don't watch arrow and I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends do. Mm-hmm. I've um, heard of it. I do watch the flash though. Yeah. I've been hearing about a lot of that at work. Um, I jumped on that whenever it first started. So I, I do enjoy the flash. Um, as far as like all time favorite shows uh, lost, I was a huge Lost fan. Yeah, that was good. I've seen I've seen the majority of Lost. Yes, I know a lot of people out there don't like it. Um, I liked it. I thought it was very interesting. I mean, yeah, I don't know. See, the thing is, is a lot of people. Uh, what I find interesting with a lot of shows, especially something like Lost, is people get to this point where like, well, I don't think that sounds believable, or I don't like their explanation, and it's kind of like, well, you know, I don't know. I, I'm one of those people that I'm. I mean, I understand I have my own personal preferences when it comes to stories and how things are explained, but sometimes I'm like, you know what? This isn't my show. This isn't my creation. This is somebody else. They have an idea. They have a plot. You know, they're doing their own thing with it. I'm just here for the ride, and I like what I'm. I like the ride I'm on. Right. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some people get so finicky. Well, I would change this, and I would do this, and I didn't like their explanation for this, and it's like, God, come on. It's it's very similar to the whole gaming thing where people complain a lot about games, and it's like, like. You're complaining about minuscule things, but I will say about Lost is, if I'm remembering correctly, Lost was on during the writer's strike, correct? It yeah, it, it started before the writer's strike, and then it it halfway through the writer's strike happened. Yeah, and that affected a lot of shows in general. It did. So I mean, you, you got to work with what happened too. So. Yeah, but I mean, I you know, there's a, there's a few standouts like I like um, oh man, Bates Motel. I, that's on the wife likes it. I haven't seen it yet. Freaking weird show! Holy crap, is that show weird? Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where I used to be a huge television watcher, and then I just kind of stopped. Yeah, because you know, I, I was the same. I used to watch TV a lot, and I same. Actually, I used to watch movies a lot. And while I still do enjoy movies, and you know, I like to go to the theater when we can manage to find time and all that. But it's like literally, I feel like I have too much on my plate so i have to prioritize and gaming and video editing is kind of like my hobby aside from family yeah. you know and spending time with family so it's like i i end up spending more time doing that but you know me and the wife will spend time watching shows or a movie or watching a bit you know show with the baby or whatever you know, not that she can really pay too much attention but oh here's toy story let's throw that on <laughs> but uh yeah it's uh i don't know i i do like watching shows like uh walking Dead. I wasn't actually. I started when it first came on. I was overseas, and the guys over uh, in Afghanistan they had downloaded it, so I saw all of season one in, in like a night. Like I was like, "Oh, there's only six episodes. I'm gonna space it out." And then I stopped. I watched one, and I finished it. And I was like, "Damn!" So <laughs> then, when season two came out, they started downloading them, and I watched like two episodes, and then I stopped. I was like, "You know what? I'm gonna wait." Till like it's all out and I'll watch it. And then I got back over here and I just season three came out and I never got to it. And then season four was out. I never got to it. And then they're like season five's coming and it's like damn, I should I should get to watch any. So I've actually steamrolled through season two through four in about two and a half months. Holy crap! Yeah, and so uh, I've been enthralled the whole time. Like yeah. I mean, I know people also don't like certain episodes, and for me, I think the weakest. Season was two at the first half because of 
It was a lot of like, oh, we're on the farm. Oh, we're on the farm. We're looking for stuff. We're looking for the girl, blah, blah, blah. So to me, that I mean, I still enjoyed it. But to me, that was kind of like the weakest point. And ever since the second half of the of the second season and then the rest of the seasons, I've just been like, oh, yeah, give me more. And, you know, some people at work were talking about it today, the new season. And I said, you know what? I was like, being caught up on a show fucking sucks. And they were yeah. like, why? I was like, because, do you know, when I wasn't caught up, I had all the power in my hands to be like, do I want to watch an episode or do I want to wait? Like I, I had control. Now I freaking watch an episode. It leaves me on a cliffhanger and I don't get a say. So it's like, no, tough shit. You got to wait. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't like that feeling. Like it sucks, but, uh, it's, it's, it's horrible. It's a horrible feeling, but it's like, what can you do? You got to wait, you know? So, but, uh, and then, and then the other thing with especially, especially with that show is, People, I work in a, I work in a IT building with a lot of people and people will start rambling on about stuff like a row over and you're like, sometimes it's like you have to stand up and be like, stop talking so loud about what this show is because I'm watching it and I haven't seen it. <laughs> you know, it's like spoilers, damn it. You know, <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. It's like, yeah, you know, talk about it, but damn, you don't have to be like shouting it out. So, um, anyway, uh, I love the show, and it's funny because, uh, I don't know. There's just something about it. I, I, I don't know what it is. It's weird because people were like, "Hey, you should totally. You, you've watched this, right? You're a huge zombie fan." And I'm like, "Yeah, I haven't." I felt like it was my sh- my inner shame, <laughs> you know, like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it yet." But now I'm caught up, and and I just love it. And I I love the Walking Dead game, like the the Telltale Those games. Things, yeah. I, I haven't finished season two yet, but I, I loved season one. I loved two. Um, and then I actually was reading the uh, the comics when I was overseas as well. I had like a, a big book of it, and I liked that too. You know, it's like definitely different than the show, but the show retains some core elements, but it mixes things up. So it's not completely like I'm just reading the comic again. So it yeah. keeps me guessing, which, you know, some people don't like. But for me, I think it's good. I, I think it's a good thing because – as much as I like the source material, if I was just watching it again, it's kind of like not to say it would be boring, but it's like you already know what's going to happen. Yeah, it would take away some of the the thrill factor and some of the oh my gosh factors. And I've had plenty of moments where I'm like oh shit, you know, like oh you know, so covering my mouth up. Not that you can see me, but uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's just I've really liked it. And people are like I don't like the show. It's too much drama. It's too much this. And I'm like, I mean, it's a show about zombies. You can't have zombies being the only enemy because they're brain dead. They don't have any character. You know, you got to have something that's pushing forward your main cast and interacting with them instead of just people that are, uh, you know, don't, it wouldn't, I don't think it could sustain a show if it was just about zombies. Well, that's the thing is like, um, and a friend of mine don't, doesn't like the show. He hasn't since it kind of started. Um, mm-hmm. but he's a big horror fan and he likes zombies and stuff like that. And he's like, what is this zombie show where you see maybe one zombie the entire time? And I, t- I, he, he always brings that up every time somebody talks about The Walking Dead. And uh, finally, one day, I just turned to him. I was like, you know what? It's about people trying to survive a zombie apocalypse. If they're around a bunch of zombies, they're not doing a good job of surviving a zombie <laughs> apocalypse. So maybe yeah. you're not going to see a lot of zombies because they're trying to get away from them. Yeah, and you know, granted – there is episodes where they don't have a lot. There's some episodes where there's a ton, oh, yeah. especially, especially like dudes, uh, 
you know, spoilers for anybody listening who hasn't watched season four, but the first episode in season four, I about shit myself because I, I thought that sequence, I don't know if you remember the sequence. But it was basically they were going to a store there. They didn't know or as far as I know, they didn't know that there was a crashed helicopter on top of the store with a bunch of zombie walkers on top. And then they're in the store and you're thinking, okay, you know, it's just for a visual, like whatever. Then somebody spills something, which makes all of those zombies walk towards the helicopter because that's the direction of the sound, which then starts collapsing the whole damn building. And you get zombies falling through the roof. And attacking them, and I was like, that's genius. I want that in a video game. I want to experience zombies falling through the roof. And me being like, oh my god, get away! You know, I don't know. It just, it blew me away, and I was like, that's cool. That's cool shit. Like, I mean, it, you know, there's plenty of moments where they definitely uh, showcase some good stuff. But, you know, I'm also, for me, with any anything, shows, games, movies, whatever, I am also kind of like one of those people that I don't like it when something overdoes something all the time. So like if walking dead had zombies all the time, I'd probably get like, Oh, come on. You just, can you, can you give me some breathing room? Like, you know, there has to be those downtimes to give you that sense of, you know, like we're safe, things are safe, things are calm. And then, and then throw the wrench in it. It's like, okay, things are fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? It gives you that balance. It's, it's almost like, uh, you know, they say with scary movies too. And I'm a big, uh, I'm pretty big, even in gaming too. It's like sometimes what you don't see is completely scarier than what you do. Yeah. Because your mind just starts playing tricks on you. You're like, oh, uh, what is that? Is that it? What is it, something going to pop out? Uh, and then nothing happens and you're just like, I feel dumb. <laughs> I was so worried and nothing happened. But they just built it up, you know, and I like that build up. That's what so. um, Matt and I were talking about it on our Halloween episode last week uh-huh. um, about how I, it, it's, it's kind of a love hate relationship with a lot of people with the Blair Witch Project. But uh, I, I brought it up because I love the Blair Witch Project because you never see what's chasing them. Yeah. And I was like, never. that that's fucking creepy. You know, you, you never see, you know, they're obviously running for something. Something is happening, but you never see it, you know, and, and that that right there is pretty much is brilliant. You know, but back then I had never seen anything like that before. You know. Oh yeah, no, nobody had, and that's the thing about that movie is, see, like I forced my friend, the friend I was talking about when I going to Phoenix, I forced him to go see that because I was like, there's no, there, there it's, it's a, it's a true story. This was before it like really hit theaters, like all, like all over. This was like, oh, it's a limited release, it's a, it's, it's real, and you know they're showcasing this, and you know blah 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 blah. So I forced him to see it, and you know we got out of the theater, and he was like, that movie sucked, and I was like, dude, it was terrifying. And like, if this is real, like, holy shit, you know, and then later they announced like, because it, it did so well, they're like, oh yeah, it's just the movie and we're releasing it everywhere. He just kind of gave me this like shit eating grin, like, <laughs> oh God, I can't believe I, I like it made it worse for him. Cause he's like, wait, this movie was fake and, and it's not real. And it's, and I didn't think shit happened in it. And I was just like, dude, you don't, I don't think you're putting yourself in the position that they were trying to put you in the movie. You know, and building the the backstory to it and everything, and uh, so I appreciated it for what it was, and it was it was a bold movie, uh, you know, filming at the time. You know, it was, it was very different and very very real, and I I thought it was real because at the like I said at the time they were posting like on the website like oh here's here's some uh, interviews here's this here's the missing posters blah blah blah, but again once it once it got that money man it was like they had to come clean like it's not real we're going we're going global. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. we want everybody we want everybody to see this so we can make as much money as fucking possible. Yeah, yeah let's do this. So, I mean, I loved it and uh you know, I just think it it it's funny how many copycats it spawned. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's the, yeah. it started the found footage genre. Oh, definitely. You know, and I was just like, uh, you know, everybody's everybody craps on those movies now. I still watch all the paranormal activity movies because they're like, like I said last week, they're like the Fast and the Furious movies for me. Yes. It's just like, yeah, I know it's dumb, but I'm going to go watch it. But you it. like it. Yeah. yeah it, you like, you want to continue the story. Yeah. You want to see what's going to happen. I mean, don't get me wrong. Resident Evil is one of my favorite, uh, you know, games. Let, let's not say the, the, the movies are anything like the games, but I'll tell you what, I can't stop watching the movies. I will, I've watched them all. I love them for their popcorn action and their, over the top ridiculousness and zombies and stuff, and I can't wait for the next one. I'm like, bring it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, it, it, there's just movies that you tolerate, and you just have to watch them. You know. Well, and I mean, you know, people always kind of, oh, why does why is there another Transformers and why is there another Resident Evil? These movies are horrible, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe you think they're horrible from a, you know, a higher level of uh, deep cinematography, movie making. You know whatnot, but these these things sell. Obviously, if they didn't and people didn't want to see them, they wouldn't make the money they make. Yeah. I mean, there's an audience for it, and guess what? If you're complaining about it, you're <laughs> not that audience. <laughs> you know, it's like, and and the the best thing that always would get me is there was this one guy on one of these forums. I can't remember what it was at the time, but he's like, man, I don't understand these movies. And he's like, and every time a new one comes out, I think that they could be doing better. And then I see it, and I'm like, it's shit. And I'm like, wait, so you literally don't like them, but you go and see each one, thinking and hoping it'll get better? Like, where's the logic in that? Like, yeah. <laughs> at some point, you need to cut it off and be like, uh, no, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> you got to learn. That's true. That's, you know, that's, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where, I, you know, I, I was never a big Saw fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did watch the first, I think I've watched them all at one time or another. Um, but I couldn't tell you like what order they were in except for like the yeah. first one. Um, but I know there's a lot of people out there that love those freaking movies, you know, and I'm just oh, yeah. like, you know, even I, I like them and, yeah. and, and you know, they're just, it, I, I'd say what Saul does cool is that they connects everything like it, really interestingly, this person's connected to this and this was just connected to that and you had no idea or this one was taking place before that one, but you didn't know, you know, that's what I think those movies do well. Cause I'm a huge horror guy, but even I think sometimes the Saw movies are a little too gratuitous. Like, I'm like, really? I don't want to see this person squirming, like, as their arms ripped off. And they're like, oh, my God, blood's hitting my face. It's in my mouth. My arm's gone. You know, it's like, oh, I don't want to see that. But but then the other half of me is like, I love the booby traps. I love the traps because it makes me think of like a video game or like, you know, like just a booby trap, like yeah. some intricate like maze like device that's like, oh, if you hit this, it's going to knock this over and it's going to make these pendulums swing. And, you know, it's just something about it. It just I, I dig it. And maybe that's just because I'm twisted. I don't know. But I don't know. I just dig it. But, yeah, I mean, it's not again, that's a series. It's not for everybody, yeah. uh, especially squeamish people. I've had plenty of people, oh, that movie. I can't watch. It's too it's too gory. And I'm like. Yeah, it is really bloody and gratuitous, oh, almost too much. But I, I do think those movies too are pretty cool to watch, like really close to to each other instead of a year apart. I yeah. think you get more of the story, and it makes more sense if you watch them all kind of close together. 
uh, because you know a year apart from each one's a lot. You know, you forget details, you forget little things. Um, speaking of movies, though, uh, <clears throat> did you like the Insidious movies by chance? I have never seen those movies. Okay, well, if you do watch them, watch them back to back because the second one literally takes place. Not only does it take place right after the first one, and it, it, it there's something they do, which I won't spoil for you, but there's something they do in it that I thought was extremely brilliant in how they even tied it into the first one a bit more. Mm-hmm. Not like Not in the execution or not in exactly like, oh, my God, that's crazy, but uh, oh, that's what was going on in the first one, which you would just never even think about till they made the second one. Okay. And, you just, and it was just – it was like – it just blew my mind. I was like, really? That's what it was? Like, that's what they were doing in this part? Oh, wow. That's fucking cool. Like, kind of like your continuity thing you were talking about with, uh, with uh, Supernatural. Supernatural. Yeah. And granted, I don't know if they if that was part of the plan with Insidious 2, but if they didn't, they did damn good writing to make it fit right in. Yeah. Like, and do the things I'm talking about. So if you ever watch it, you definitely have to let me know. Watch them back to back, though. Okay. Or, or at least, like, one night and then watch the other one the second night. Right. So I could do that then. I, you know, it's it, for some reason I have got out of horror movies. I think Matt even talked about that last week. Um, it's just like now, nowadays it's either you got the found footage stuff, which I don't really care about. Mm-hmm. And then you have the insidious and, and what's the other ones that guy makes It's like all by, made by the same guy. Um, I don't know what the guy's name is, but, um, yeah, the movies that are in that kind of vein. Um, like I, I, I'll tell you the truth. Um, I would consider it a horror movie. The remake of Evil Dead. I actually mm-hmm. like that. So did I. And um, I'm a huge Evil Dead fan. Yeah, I, the thing that got me the most was, the, for the most part, the the all of the entire movie was a standard horror film. Yes. But then at the very end, it turned into a holy fucking shit. This is insanely <laughs> yeah. awesome. When they, when it started fucking raining blood yeah. and you know, they pulled out the chainsaw and everybody was like, I was like, Oh, what the fuck is this? this yeah. Is crazy. It went real crazy. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you, you got me. This is this is good because I you know, I love Evil Dead Two and and uh, Army of Darkness. Uh, it was so dumb and goofy. And, oh yeah, and and yeah. just really great. Um, which I kind of liked. Uh, Drag Me to Hell. Um, oh, I love that movie, dude. I didn't like <laughs> PG thirteen. Yeah, I didn't like how it ended though. Um, yeah, I can I could see why. That ending was just kind of oh come on. But it makes sense. <laughs> it does. <laughs> you make, know? Yeah, it does make sense. But I was just like, come on. But uh, I, I did enjoy the ride that was in that. Yeah, was, yeah. it definitely had uh, Raimi's touch. Yeah, it had that. Yeah, uh, like, it totally touched. So fucking goofy. <laughs> Some of it was just so goofy. You okay, know? it has one of the best fight scenes ever, which is with the the, the gypsy lady in the car. Oh, with yeah. her, like getting stapled and her teeth getting knocked out, and you know it was just and it's shot per. It's just it's just a great movie. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, I love that movie. I, I have it on Blu-ray. Um. <laughs> See the thing about Evil Dead is, you know, some people, oh, I don't like it. It didn't have Bruce, uh, you know, Bruce Campbell in it. It didn't stick to the original. But I feel like I don't think anybody could have ever lived up to being Bruce Campbell's character. So mm. I'm kind of glad they kind of just did their own thing with it, but kept like the core idea. 
Yeah. In Evil Dead remake, and then they made it because to me, like, also the other thing I really appreciated with it is a lot of its effects were practical, just like in the original. Yeah. You know, even though with all the CG stuff we have nowadays, they, you know, they had gallons of blood being poured on people. They had prosthetics. You know, they had props, and you don't get that a lot anymore, which is a shame because it, to me, it adds a lot. Like, have you ever seen? It's an older movie obviously but did you ever see john carpenter's the thing oh my god i was just thinking about that i was like yeah that, that is the best use of practical oh yeah that i i fucking love the thing i think it, yeah. it is an amazing horror movie yeah, and the, and the and the, even watching it today, I'm like, damn, that's crazy how they made these like these puppets and they made these you know these tentacles and prosthetics and everything. And you know, it's sad because when the when the sequel slash prequel came out, it has a lot of CG in it. Yeah, and from what I actually read is that when they shot it, they did a lot of practical effects, but the company came in and was like, no, we need you know they made them use computers and touch up stuff and i was like that's a bummer i have not seen, I, I never saw the uh the prequel it's not bad i mean it doesn't hold the candle i don't think to to that one but i will say that's yet another movie with continuity they literally end that movie with the guy in the helicopter chasing the dog ah yes so it leads right in to the one with you know john carpenter's version right which i thought was really cool for them to do that i was like that's great that's Fucking great! You just stick the sec- stick the original one in, and just get right into it. Um, but yeah, I I I I'm a big Carpenter fan in general uh, of his movies like Big Trouble in Little China. That's a great movie. Uh, oh, I love it. Um, one of his more later ga- uh, games. I, I always say games when I'm talking about stuff because it's just ingrained to in me. But uh, one of his other later flicks I really liked uh, was In the Mouth of Madness. I don't know if you ever saw that one. Oh yeah, The Mouth of Madness. Yeah, oh yeah, that was that's a yeah. fucking weird movie. Yeah, that, that, that's what I loved about it. It was so weird, and it was very H.P. Lovecraft, which is what it was. I hear it was based off of. So, um, but I mean, I don't know. Like horror is a genre I've always loved, and and I I, I kind of go through spurts where you know I'll watch a bunch of it, and then I'll stop, and then I'll watch a bunch. of Gaming wise, I'll always play horror games because there isn't enough of them. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, it's just. Ah, oh, the thing, man. Yeah, I gotta watch that again because those effects, man. It's like the head with the spider legs, and the, yeah, ooh, it's just it's creepy, but it's cool, you know. Yeah, it's um, such a fucking great movie. Yeah, it, it is. It's and that is that is like a pinnacle of a remake, you know, because the thing that that movie was a remake. Yeah, his version was a remake of like an old like nineteen. 60s or 50s movie the, or the something thing that came from outer space or something. yeah or whatever and it looked like um it kind of the heat in the original it looked kind of like frankenstein and ice sort of kind of had a, a look of of it like that in my opinion but um the, he just came out and was like no nah, we're gonna make this fucking cre- go creepy as shit but uh evil dead has been and i watch that probably every year all of them all evil dead one two three or army of darkness and uh I just I don't know I have a thing for horror I always have even since I was a kid I watched Freddy, Jason, all that stuff and I was just like this is cool I wasn't scared of it the only thing that scared me was zombies uh, I watched the remake of Night of the Living Dead mm-hmm. and I was absolutely terrified like I was like I was scared I was like I, there's things that are gonna come beat on my windows <laughs> and I was like I don't I don't know I don't like this and thank goodness for Resident Evil because if that hadn't come out 
I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what would have happened if I would have hated zombies for all my life. And now I can't get enough. I'm like, bring me Dead Island 2. Bring me Dying Light. Bring me all these zombie games. People are like, I'm tired of zombies. And I'm like, I'm not. Bring me some more. <laughs> you know? It's like, I, 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 have, I have yet to get tired of zombies. I don't know why. It's... Uh, I think, you know, there was an interview with uh, Shinji Mikami on his Evil Within. And he was talking about things that were scary and he was relating to how how some of the most scary things are the things that are human or in like human in nature and of course zombies they're like you know they like us but they're dead but they're not dead so it's very you know it's like zombies to me are something that's very they're they're relatable but they're not but they're more relatable than oh a flying dragon or oh a you know, this giant sea creature or some weird ball, you know, werewolf because those things don't exist. But yeah. people do. And, you know, people die and thinking of them coming back is and wanting to eat you is just terrifying. Yeah. Vi- <laughs> a, a virus. You know, a virus yeah, is real. You know, and, and that's real, too. Yeah. So it's it, that's I think that does play a huge you know factor into the appeal of it and the, the psyche of it all. So, man, we went all over the place. Yeah, that's what we this, do. This, um, yeah, that's cool. On intermission, so that's good. But yes, um, man, do you got any topics? I just you know. Well, I was going to ask you a topic. It's uh, more it's gaming, but I was kind of curious to know. Um, do you think, uh, or what? Well, I guess my question is, how do you feel about the next gen GTA's in this first person mode they sh- they showed? I all right. This is my problem. I, 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 I'm gonna have to go deeper. I'm gonna have to, no, fine. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to inception this. <laughs> um, me personally, um, I was a big fan of Grand Theft Auto Three. Yes, I loved Vice City. In fact, I think that's my favorite. Yeah, Vice City is one of my favorites. Uh, San Andreas was good. I thought it was too big. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't get into San Andreas. I absolutely hated Grand Theft Auto 4. Didn't care for 4 that much. I finished it, but it was disappointing. I never finished it. Um, and Grand Theft Auto 5, I loved the look. I loved the characters, except for Trevor. I don't like Trevor. I think he is a lame character. Um, that's just me. I mean, that's it, fine. When, when you when you when you get to when, I'm okay with having crazy characters, but when you have a crazy character who is there just to be crazy, it's like, come on, this is, uh, I don't even want to play as him. I don't, I, he's, 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 he should be a dumb side character. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, I really, really enjoyed what I played of Grand Theft Auto five. I still own it. I have it sitting on my shelf. I have never finished the game. Uh, and I think that's one of my problems with a lot of open world games like that mm-hmm. uh, is that I never finished them. I mean, I've, I I tried playing Grand Theft Auto 4 multiple times. I bought it launch day on 360 and, you know, I fell into the hype and I really hated the way it drove. And, you know, it, I, I don't like Nico at all. Mm-hmm. I you know, and, and I gave it up. I got it again on the PS3 a long time after it came out. I made it farther, but then I was like, I don't care about this game. I don't know what happened with Grand Theft Auto V. I enjoyed what I played of it. There were some frustrating moments. I think that the heists were the highlight of that game. Um, 
you know, the, that first heist, uh, with mm-hmm. the, with the, uh, the jewelry store was yeah. fucking great. I thought it was a great moment. Um, I think games just came out and I, I had and to, sh- I had to shelve track. it. Yeah. I had to shelve it. Um, this next gen version. Yeah, sure. I, I know. I understand it's going to look fantastic. Everybody's talking about people fall into rock star hype. I think a little too easily. That's oh th- no, having the Rockstar name is g- easily guarantees sales. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think they make absolutely fantastic games. Red Dead Redemption is an amazing game. Yes. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Bully. Yeah, me too. I, I really want a Bully too. Oh. Um, and uh, I've always brought it up the the whole rumors of them making a bully two with like a female protagonist and it's kind of like Mean Girls. Yeah, I totally want that. <laughs> that I, would be cool. I, I, I totally want this asshole of a character that you play as. You know, that's a bully. Mm-hmm. You know, and she, you know, and she's she, you know, she's deviating against all these other girls in school and stuff. I, that would be great. You know, um, but with Grand Theft Auto Five, I think people fall into that hype of oh, Grand Theft Auto uh, and and all this stuff, and they do a great job. I mean, they throw in all these crazy Easter eggs, and and the the missions are really varied and stuff like that. I think Grand Theft Auto Five was a great game, uh, but ultimately, and it happens with every game that's hyped up like this, people start to hate it. I don't hate I don't hate Grand Theft Auto Five by any means, um, but that you you start seeing on the internet people just kind of turn on it, you know. Oh yeah, that happens all the time with the big profile games. Absolutely, I mean Call of Duty is a prime example. Mm-hmm. Um, will I play the next gen version of Grand Theft Auto Five? Maybe. Um, depends on your schedule. It depends on my obviously. It depends on my schedule. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm probably not going to buy a day one, obviously. Uh, yeah. I think the first person mode looks really, really cool. Um, I will have to see how it plays first because the transition from a third person shooter to a first person shooter is a difficult one. Yes. And, and if it works, I will play that game in first person mode. Yeah. Um, it's ambitious as shit, I think. Absolutely. Like, you know, cause now you're not, now you're getting, you get a driving simulator in a way. Driving simulator, parachuting simulator, bicycle simulator. You know what I mean? It's like all the first person perspective truly adds a very unique spin, especially in an open world. And if like you said, if they get it right and it's controls well and everything, it's it's like a game changer. Yeah. I, I personally believe as far as first person shooters go, especially in an open world environment, Far Cry three is up there with one of the best. Oh, yeah. I think that the way that game controlled, you had control of everything in the environment. You know, if you wanted to sneak up on this guy and, and throw a knife into the back of that guy and then stab the other one in the, you know, the throat, you could totally do that. And, and it felt good. You know, it, yeah. it, it felt like I had precision controls over this, which is why I'm so excited for Far Cry 4. Um, if they can, if, if they could have that in a Grand Theft Auto setting, then I think that would be great, you know. I, obviously, I'm, I, that's asking too much. I, I'm sure it's not going to be that fluid. Yeah, but, but um, I'm excited to see what it how it is. Well, that's good. I mean, 
like you said, uh, Vice City is actually my favorite. Yeah. Uh, my favorite Grand Theft Auto, but five is my next favorite. I just, I don't know. I, when it came out, I played it. And usually, here's how it goes with me with past GTAs. I, I play it for a bit. I put it down. I pick something else up. I go back to it. You know, I put it down. I pick something else up, up and then I go back because they're so long and, and there's a lot to it and everything. And I couldn't stop. Every day I got home, it was like I played GTA for like two hours at least. Yeah. And then the weekend came and I'd play it. And I think I beat it. It took me like two weeks. But I beat it and I was just like fucking fantastic. Like the, the, the character swapping added, I thought, a bunch to it. How you could just the, – the story you know changed and you could swap to the other characters for the missions. And you'd be driving as one person and swap to the person flying a helicopter. And, and I know you didn't get all the way through it. There's some really cool missions later on. But, but I just – I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And uh, I, I don't know what it was. Just something about it. Uh, just – it just hit all the right spots for me. Yeah. I mean, it, I think it was a fantastic game. It looked amazing, you know, especially on the dated hardware that it was on. Yeah. And um, I liked what I played of it. It was, unfortunately, it came during a time while I was still dating my ex-girlfriend, and she despised games for the most part. Oh, so, yeah. That was and so I, I, had, I had a limited time. Uh, I you was, had to sneak it. You're like, yeah. all right. All right, let me play for a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Oh crap, she's like, me, I gotta go. Bye. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. It, it, I'd get home from work at three, and then I was like, all right, I got two hours to play a video game. What am I gonna play? All right, I'll play Grand Theft Auto. And she'll come in. She's like, you're playing that again? Yes, I'm playing that again. Uh, I want to beat it. I can't stand people like that. Yeah. I can't stand it because it's like, what do you mean? Like, what are you doing better? Like, what is you know, uh, that's a whole nother that could be a whole nother podcast i'll tell you i'll tell you what was what she could be doing better was playing uh, or or watching uh i d discovery there you go fucking murder like, porn God are you watching that again yeah watching oh. the fucking murder porn i swear to god when when <laughs> when South Park did an episode of that oh my god I laughed my ass off so much like this hits home so much <laughs> <laughs> I made her watch that episode. She's like, this is not funny. I was like, yes, it is. Yes, it's it totally is. Because that's exactly what it is. And this is what you watch all the time. So needless to that's say, awesome. maybe that's one of the reasons why we're not together anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, but like you said, Grand Theft Auto Five. I mean, I, I think it – Yeah, I'm sure it's going to look fantastic on the next-gen systems. Um and I think that people out there who who really want to play it should definitely pick it up. I don't. Um, I'm not going to be picking it up day one though. Okay, so so considering what you did say though about how you you have issues with the whole completing open world games. Uh huh. I just want to say I'm not going to say too much on this podcast, but then I'm curious if you're going to finish the game you're playing right now. That's all I want to say. Absolutely. And absolutely. So yes. so that one will be worth that one. You will get through. Yes. What? Okay. what I, I, I will. I will. I will go ahead and say yes. I am playing Dragon Age Inquisition right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. Everybody that listens to this show knows because for the past year, me, Matt, and another person on the site, Sophie, uh, have been playing through the Dragon Age series. I am a huge Dragon Age fan. Now I know Mass Effect seems to be the more popular of the series. People seem to really love Mass Effect, but I don't think they give enough love to the Dragon Age series. Mm-hmm. Um, Dragon Age is more of a traditional role-playing game. Um, I- I've always been a big fan of Dungeons and & Dragons and um, traditional role-playing. I love the fantasy setting. BioWare knows how to make a world. 
Bioware can like when I first played Dragon Age Origins, it was like this world had existed in some form of media before this game came out. You know, it was yeah. like they they have you know the, everything about the mages and everything about like oh the all the, the history yeah, yeah the history and stuff like that was already in place, and they. They did a good job of easing you into it by talking to these different characters and reading these codecs and stuff like that. I know far too much about Dragon Age than I need to. <laughs> um, but th- that world is one of the more fleshed out worlds in video games. Uh, I think it absolutely fantastic. I love the characters in it. I love the way they handle the stuff. Um, as far as Dragon Age Inquisition, I got the game two weeks early. I am on cloud nine right now. Um, That's good to hear, man. It's, you know, I I can't, you know, I can't delve deep into it. Yes. Um, I can say, yes, it is an open world game now. Uh, You know, in Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age 2, you could travel to different places. But for the most part, you're in a, you're in a series of tunnels going somewhere kind of thing. Yes. Uh, And this one, you can go wherever the hell you want to. And, That's um, awesome. and uh, I, I mean, I've seen tweets about it and stuff like that. Um, there was somebody and, and I'm not quoting the person, but they said that, uh, it starts off being a huge world, but then later on it opens up even more and becomes comically huge. Oh yeah. I, I saw that same thing you're talking about. And, uh, the, the, the one tweet the guy said was, in many aspects, it feels larger than Skyrim. He's not kidding. Uh, Skyrim, That's crazy. Skyrim was a huge world, and you could go wherever you wanted to in it. Dragon Age Inquisition is bigger than that. Dang, that's that's crazy. And and you know, I, I've I've liked Dragon Age since the first one. In fact, uh, like I was saying earlier, how I've been to Comic Con in San Diego. Uh, the year I went, uh, they had Dragon Age there along in a special area outside of the convention at another hotel across the street. They had EA had set up a bunch of stuff, and they had Dragon Age, and they had Left 4 Dead 2. Mm-hmm. So you could wait in line to play Left 4 Dead 2. Meanwhile, nobody was touching Dragon Age, which was kind of sad. So I was like, well, I'm going to go sit down and start playing. Nobody's playing this, and there was a bunch of TVs with it. So I started playing. Next, you know, this guy comes over and he's talking to me about it. And I'm thinking he's just, you know, one of these paid people that, you know, they get fired for the, the hired for the conventions and they kind of spin them up on what the product is. And, you know, they kind of sell it to you or help you through the demo. So he's telling me all this interesting stuff. And I'm like, this is really cool. I'm really digging this. Blah, blah. He's like, well, I don't remember his name, but he was like, well, my name is blah, blah, blah. I'm actually one of the developers. And I was like, what? And this guy literally sat with me like for about 30 minutes just talking to me about the game, how it works, you know, what their what their uh, goals were for it. You know, I it was really cool, very laid back and uh and so like after that I was like I got to get this game day one. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I was a fan and um two released when I was overseas and I got it and uh I know a lot of people don't like that one. Yeah. Uh I still enjoy it, but obviously it is Weaker than the first for various reasons. Yeah, multiple reasons. I mean, me and Matt and Sophie had a big discussion on this. Uh, we ultimately we all enjoyed Dragon Age two, but it's best to look at it like how Matt described it. Dragon Age Origins is like your popcorn blockbuster summer movie, 
Everything yeah. is everything is condensed. You know, this is the bad guy. We're going to go kill the bad guy. While yes. Dragon Age 2 is more of like season one and two of a television show uh, that takes place in the Dragon Age world. Yeah, that actually – that would be a good uh... – um, a good thing. That'd be a good way to describe it. Yeah, because it all revolves around this one person and his or her band of friends, and what yeah. go, what goes on there. Um, Inquisition. I can't even freaking tell you. Inqui- it's just it. I, it like, just goes above and beyond. I'm it's, guessing it's just. I know Bioware says that they this is the game they always wanted to make. I think you can tell that they they they. they 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 put their hearts into this. Well, let me ask you this. So Bioware, before they made like like KOTOR, which I was a big fan of. Right. And then, you know, and they made those in Jade Empire, and then they made Dragon Age, and they were these games that were like role playing games, but they were they were a little bit more focused, whereas and, and not as open ended, whereas like their previous games that they had made on PC, yeah, like were like hu- huge. Yeah, yeah, people people absolutely love Baldur's Gate. Yeah, it was absolutely huge. I I from what I've gathered, from what I've read online, from the early previews, and what you've said, you know, just now, it sounds to me like they kind of have been able to kind of merge the two, the the more cinematic and and uh, in in depth de- detailed character models environments of. You know the games they've been working on the last few years, but then with the vast openness and you know tools that you know at your fingertips, sort of gameplay that Baldur's Gate had. Yeah, they they have done a very good job of taking the old school role playing of old, mixing it with the new style like Mass Effect and and uh, Dragon Age Two and stuff like that, and have molded it together to where. If you want to play old school, you go right ahead. Mm-hmm. You you pause time. You tell this guy to go here and do this, and you tell your buddy over there, go over there and shoot this guy. You can do that if you want to, or if you just want to control your character and let the AI do whatever whatever they can, you can mm-hmm. totally do that, and you're not going to have a worse time because of it. Yeah, so, that's so good. In that sense, it is way more accessible. And, awesome. um, and I think that um, – I mean, I, I know that they. I am embargoed on on my yeah. on reviewing the game or anything like that, but I think Dragon Age Inquisition is going to be something very special, and I, I think that that people who are into the series obviously need to get this. I think that if they tried Origins and didn't like it, um, or, or they think that it wasn't really their cup of tea, Inquisition may change your mind. That's good. That's that's good to know. It's uh, honestly, it's you know, I know people were a little apprehensive because of the second one, but uh, it's it's just good to know that it sounds like from everything from the previews and the streams and whatnot have gone up already that people are getting the warm and fuzzies, and I think it's going to be warranted. So yeah, it's good to good to know, and that's that's all Drew's going to say. Yeah, this Don't is try to con him out of any more info. This is an this is a epic epic game. This is and the thing is I don't know if it's getting enough press for this because I mean yes this is a big game but I don't think a lot of people are talking about it except for the people who are big fans of the series. Um, well, it, well, <clears throat> you know, uh, embargoes 
are before launch. So I think that that alone says something. This is so, true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, Bioware and EA both have pretty, pretty high faith in this game. And, um, I think, um, I think come review time, uh, they'll see why. And I believe, uh, it's, is it the 13th? If you're on EA access through Xbox one, you can actually play like the first six hours, I believe. It's like five days early, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you can you can get that if you don't, you know, it's a, a year's like thirty bucks. A month is four ninety nine. So literally, you can try it out for four ninety nine. And I already signed up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm already like, I have to play this <laughs> now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's gonna be exciting, and I'm I am highly anticipating a review. So, yeah, that's one of those things where, like, because we went to this new, like, shorter review style, and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to fit all this in the. <laughs> in that, too much to cover. In that new review style, uh, you know, Ken's like, we'll just stick to stuff that you really liked. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's good luck. Good luck yeah. on that one. Because, cause, you know, even though I've just been starting to do the, the, the written stuff again, I, yeah, I'm like writing them, and I'm like, you know, I don't. This is kind of tough because you have to you have to limit what you're saying, but yet convey your thoughts. But you're not wanting to get long winded, so you know it's like okay, all right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's uh, it's true. It's yeah. like it's like what I was telling you on uh, when I you know I you guys will see a review for Moto GP, and I I was literally like thinking about it. I was like I don't really know what I don't like about this game except for. This freaking insanely frustrating learning curve. Because uh, other than that, I it just felt like they tied a ton of stuff in it, and everything felt really good. So I was like, I don't really know what else bad to say. You know, it's like I I was with that with one game, and it's gonna it's it's, it's kind of weird talking about it now. Um, for the first like ten hours of uh, Final Fantasy thirteen two, I wrote to Ken. And I was like, Ken, I don't see anything wrong with this game. <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? I was like, it's a great game. And I know a lot of people out there hate Final Fantasy 13 and that entire series. I don't really understand why I thought 13 was a breath of fresh air. I thought 13 too was a fantastic game. Um, I really enjoyed 13 too. I think that was the best out of the entire series. Lightning Returns was kind of weak. Um, Lightning Returns, is the, as I've told people, is the Majora's Mask. Of that series, I don't. You see, that's the thing. Everybody's like, everybody hates on Majora's Mask. I actually like Majora's Mask. No, I like Majora. I like Majora's Mask too, but it, it was very different um, from the standard Zelda yeah. style. I think, even though it kept core stuff, and I think that's how Lightning Returns is. It's like, oh, you've got missions to do for people. You've got a time limit. You've you've got only one character fighting. It's a very different. Um, so that's what I mean when I say, like, in that regard, it's like the Majora's Mask of the Final Fantasy thirteen yeah. uh, trilogy. It's just different. Um, it is. With, with a game like that, especially Final Fantasy, when you, you want to explore and you put the person under a time limit, that is crap. <laughs> yeah. It, it really is. Um, but uh, 
yeah, thirteen two. I absolutely loved. I mean, obviously, the more I played of the game, I was like, okay, so there are a few faults here and there. Um, but that was one of the games where I was like, I don't know any, I, I, I don't have any complaints on this game so far. I think it's great. Yeah. I, think, I think the combat's great. You know, I, I love the, like the Pokemon monster grabbing stuff mm-hmm. that you get. And I was like, you know, the time traveling stuff reminded me of Chrono Trigger. I was like, this is, you know, this is great. Um, but eventually I did find some things wrong with it. Uh, oh, yeah. But as far as like length goes is in, in, in a review. There's three three ga- games that I reviewed that stick out to me as far as length goes because back before we had this the shorter more condensed review uh, style, we just like go to town, you know. And for me with a review, I talk about mechanics, you know. Yeah, you get in depth and really explain. So when I first reviewed Dark Souls, oh my god, that review was at least. Two web pages long, so like I'm gonna have to go look at that. Yeah, Ken, like there's a if you want to continue reading, click this. Um, we ran out of rep. Like that was a pretty long one. I think my longest review I ever wrote for the site was actually Fallout New Vegas. I could see why that game, Fallout New Vegas. I swear to God, I put. 30 something hours into that game before I reviewed it. I didn't finish it because I had a game breaking bug where I couldn't finish the fucking game. Um, and like, I, that was the thing. I was like, I fucking love fallout. This is a fallout game. I hate glitches. This game has glitches. like a motherfucker. I can't finish the game. I really like the game. I, 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 I ended up giving it a seven, I think. But the like one paragraph would be like, "This is part is great," and then the next paragraph would be like, "This sucks ass." Yeah. You know, and I was just like, "I don't know what to talk about in this game." And Kim was like, "This review is all over the place." And I was like, <laughs> "I just like started thinking about what I liked and didn't like, and just wrote it down, and, yeah, then, just- and, then, and then sent it to you." Yeah, just here it's all spewed out. Let's just go ahead and do that. Yeah, that that's the I, that I think that's almost three pages long. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go check those after we get off here. And the the other longer one was uh, Dragon's Dogma. Okay, I could understand why on that one too. Yeah, definitely. That Dragon's Dogma was huge. Um, that that, that game kind of came out of nowhere for me. Uh, yeah. uh Kim was like. Uh, because they didn't really show it off that much, and can, you know, can, like I was huge on Kingdoms of Amalur. I I yeah. I had followed that game from whenever they first announced it. I was like, yes, I want to play this game. It looks freaking amazing, which I reviewed it too. Uh, but Dragon's Dogma came out around the same time as Amalur, and Kim was like, "You got time for this Dragon's Dogma game?" And I'm like, "What is this game again? It's like a Capcom RPG." And he's like, "Yeah." <laughs> I was like, "Okay." And I, I sat down. I was like, the first thing that came to mind was the fucking title screen music, which if, <laughs> yeah. you, if you've ever heard the title screen music yes. for Dragon's Dogma, it is amazing. Because um, I, 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 I had sat down. I put it in. I think like I just got off work, and now I put it in the disc, and I, I think I was getting a drink or something, and it was like, oh, this you know classical piano music, and all of a sudden this guitar riff kicks in, and this guy speaking English. To start singing, yeah. and I was like, "What is this? Okay, let's play this game." <laughs> I fucking fell in love with Dragon's Dogma, um, and uh, at the same time, I I loved Amalur. The problem with Amalur was we got it late. We got it two days after release, 
and I was like, I gotta get this review out. I put twenty something hours into Amalore in two days, and I said, I don't want to play this game ever again. Yeah, it's it's not good if you're trying to rush it. Yeah, Yeah. not it. It just it's it gets all too too much same, and you're just like, oh, I I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) Because because that's how I mean that's how kind of was when I played through it just for fun. Again, I was overseas and had a lot of time on my hands, and um. Literally, when I got to the last continent of the game, I just ran past everything. I was like, I gotta get to the end. Yeah. I gotta get to the end. You know, just. I have, I have never finished that game. That is one of the games on the list that I want to finish. Um, but I wanted to get that review out and I burnt myself out majorly because so many side quests that are just completely useless in that game. Yeah. Well, and, you know, speaking of, I was gonna say, speaking of side quests though, shouldn't you be getting back to, you know what? What? You know. Side quest. The game. The game. Yeah. Dragon the game. We were t- yeah. You got. You. You got a deadline, sir. <laughs> oh, it's true. Yeah, I better get back to it. So we can wrap this up then. But right. um. But yeah. Uh. I appreciate everybody listening. I think we've had a pretty good uh, intermission show. Yeah, I think it went well. Thank Sorry. you for having me. Absolutely, not a problem. Uh. I. I have. Since we've mentioned Dragon's Dogma, I know what the outro music is going to be. Um, I don't know about the intro yet. Uh, we'll figure it out though. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I appreciate everybody listening. Uh, if you would like to, uh, follow us all on Twitter, you can, I am at DML fury and Justin is at slasher J P C correct. That's right. You got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, and you can also follow the, uh, the podcast itself. It's at ZTGD Phoenix Down. I post every new episode there. It goes live every Friday. Um, you can also send me an email. Uh, it's drew at ZTGD.com. Um, we did get an email. Uh, I want to save it for Matt because I think Matt would appreciate it as much as I did. Uh, we will, I will read that off, I promise, um, next episode because I want to wait for Matt to be here for that um speaking of emails (laughs) but uh yeah so um but you can yeah like i said you can send me an email uh you can leave us an itunes review we greatly appreciate it It gets our name out there and stuff like that i will um i will read the uh itunes review on the the show um but other than that that is that's pretty much it for us uh we will be back next week, I promise. Uh, me and Matt are going to be finishing up our Halloween series, even though it's past Halloween, um, with a Resident Evil remake. And then it's on to Dragon Age. And I cannot wait to talk about Dragon Age. But anyway, until then, I'm Drew. That's Justin. And we are out of here. You guys have a Later. great one.